Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the sisters, the foster mothers, the adopted mothers, and really to any woman who's ever participated in the rearing of a child, anyone who's done any mothering or any nurturing, I just want to celebrate you today. Happy Mother's Day. And I also recognize that on today, some people are grieving the loss of their mother. And so on the one hand, we're celebrating our mothers, and on the other hand, some of us are grieving the loss of their, their own mothers, grandmothers, aunts, sisters. Still others have lost a child and are grieving that barrier to becoming a mother. And so we stand with you and we grieve with you whatever place you find yourself. Some people are celebrating mothers and grieving at the same time, and we hold those two extreme emotions at the same time. Happy Mother's Day. And as I reflect back, uh, it's been about four years since I was before you. Um, it was at the Women's Conference in 2019. And I wanted to just say to the women, the women who've reached out to me via email, via text message, those who have come to me after service and said that you really are looking forward to another women's conference. I want to let you know that the leadership has heard you. The Holy Spirit has heard you. And we, behind the scenes, are preparing a women's ministry, not just a conference, but a women's ministry that we can offer you, as well as a men's ministry. So be on the lookout um, over the next two or three weeks for a way that you can participate as we plan the women's ministry. But today what I'd like to do is to take a little bit of time to tell you about how I was able to navigate a very challenging decision back in January of 2020. And as it turns out, the Lord used three scriptures to encourage me, to instruct me, and to help me make the right decision. So let me tell you how it all started. Rewind the time and go back to January 2020. My boss called me into her office and told me that she had been promoted to the next level up the chain, and she had identified me as the physician who she wanted to take her place as the chief of primary care for our clinic. And you might hear that and say, wow, congratulations, that's great. But for me, I really, my stomach sunk. I felt this sense of dread because I really, the dream that I had for myself was that at the time that she's asking me to take on more work, I was having this dream of retirement, how I might go from full-time to part-time. And so I know the job that she did was a really hefty job. And it's really three times more work than my job as a staff physician. So I told her, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, but I really do not want to step up into administrative leadership. And I really, as I say, like being a worker bee. I really like seeing patients one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm enjoying that, and thank you, but no. 
categorically no. And she said, okay. So I said, but don't worry, I'll help you find someone. So the two of us set about to interview other doctors. Long story short, we went through 20 different doctors and they were either didn't meet the basic requirements of the position or declined completely. And so we were right back to square one and she asked again, will you consider taking on this position? And I told her, I said, listen, you know, I'm a Christ follower and I don't make any big decisions without consulting the Lord. I said, so give me one week and I'm going to go and I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to come back to you. So scripture says when you have a really challenging decision to make, seek wise counsel. So I sent a very long text message to five women and I chose these women based on the fact that they've known me my whole life. We I grew up in a church where they were mothers of the church. They loved the Lord. They loved me. They were women who were both professionals and mothers. And so they could really relate to my whole situation. And I told them in this text message, here's the situation. Here's a job I really do not want to do. And in fact, I have an eye toward retirement. I said, but... I told the Lord when I was 14 years old that if there was something he wanted me to do, as long as he told me and made it clear to me that this is what he wanted me to do, I would do it. I would do the best that I could to do it. So I said, even though I don't want to do it, if the Lord speaks to you and says that I should do this role, please let me know. I even threw in there, and if I get to retire, I'll have more time to dedicate to church work, and I can do Bible studies, and I was really trying to sweeten the pot so they'd all say, oh, we're, we hear the Lord saying no. So I got four text messages back. All four of them said they felt the Lord was telling me to take on the role. So I went myself, and I got my Bible out, and I said, Lord... I really want to be obedient, but I really want to be sure. I have one more woman who's going to send me a text back. I've given her a week, and this was Wednesday, and I needed an answer by Friday. So on Wednesday, I opened my Bible, and I said, Lord, just speak to me in your word. And you know, sometimes the Lord does that. He'll speak to us right in the word as we're asking, and sometimes he does not. He doesn't make it that easy for us. But this time, I opened up the word, and I put my finger on the scripture, and it opened up to Esther, the book of Esther. When I saw that it opened up to the book of Esther, my heart sank again. Because I don't know if you remember the story of Queen Esther, but Queen Esther was approached by her cousin Mordecai. And she was told by Mordecai that, listen, I need you to use your position as queen of Persia to go to the king and tell the king to give the Jewish people grace because there was a plan afoot to kill the Jewish people in that area. Now, you would think that that would be no big deal. She would just go and do it. But you know what? She was also Jewish, and people didn't know she was Jewish. So if she went before the king, she would be found out. And number two, there was a rule that if anyone approached the king without being summoned, you could be killed. Even his wife could not approach him without him summoning her. 
And so here was a story of someone being asked to do something that they really didn't want to do. And so I knew that this is what the Lord was saying. But I still needed one more sign. I wasn't quite sure. And I think, you know, I told the Lord that I would be obedient, but I really didn't want to do this work. And so on Friday morning, I get a text message. It's from the fifth woman. And the text message was very short. Rhonda, the Lord gave me this scripture for you. Esther, chapter 4, verse 14. And it reads, If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this? For such a time as this. After seeing that scripture, I knew what the Lord was saying. He wanted me to take on this role, a role that was really big and that I really did not want to do. And I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, here am I, send me. But I started to think, why would the Lord choose me to do this role? You know, it's not my superpower. Uh, you know, the role of being chief is really an administrative role. It's making sure that the doctors are dotting the I's and crossing the T's and not spending too much time with each patient and making sure that they do all their paperwork. That's not my gift. It's not my, it's not my expertise, my area of expertise. Why would he choose that? You know, I, I feel like Scripture tells us that the Lord gives all of us a superpower. He, he says that there's gifts in the body. Everyone has a different gift. And there's no big eyes or little U's that your gift is powerful and can be leveraged. And I know what my gift is in medicine. I have a gift of compassion. And I also have a gift of seeing seemingly unconnected things come together to form a diagnosis. Seemingly unconnected things come together to solve a problem. That's my gift. Why would the Lord use me Right now, January 2020, there's nothing going on in the clinic. It's just the regular same old stuff. Why, Lord, are you calling me in January of 2020 when there's nothing going on? And then March 2020 came, and the entire country shut down. In the middle of our clinic was complete chaos, as you can imagine. I mean, there was so much toxicity everywhere. We had people who were dying right before our eyes. And we had nurses who were quitting. I don't know if you guys saw in the news, but there was a big resignation of nurses. And so we were really at our wits end trying to figure out how we were going to manage. And then I remembered the other gifting that the Lord has given me. And that is, well, back when I lived in Boston, I used to run the ICU for five years. And in the ICU, 
during a chaotic time, people on the respirator, if you've ever been in the ICU, know there's lots of sounds and bongs and blips and people, loud noises and respirators going on and off. Whenever there's chaos, something happens in my brain that I slow down and I concentrate very well. I had no idea when God called me in January of 2020 that he was going to leverage that gift of calm during a storm. And so I say this to you. About a year into the pandemic, I was really at my wit's end. And I want to say to you as well, the Lord may have called you during this time to be in a situation where you can't even imagine continuing on. You may be in a situation right now that you feel is untenable. You may be in a situation right now where you feel like you can't imagine how your skill set matches. You may be a mom of a child who has lost his way or her way. You may be a child of a parent who's aging and none of the other siblings are helping you and you're the only one as the caregiver. You may be in a job that you hate or you may have a financial situation that you can't seem to get yourself out of. And you may be saying to yourself, I can't imagine why I'm here. But what I want to say to you is that the Lord has given you a superpower. There is a reason why you are the one taking care of your parent. There is a reason why the Lord allowed you to parent that child. You have the certain amount of patience and creativity and organizational skills and resourcefulness to be able to take care of that task. The Lord knows what he's doing. And so the Lord encouraged me saying, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. You can't see it with your own eyes because you can only see what's in front of you. But I see everything. And there were times during that year, I'm not going to uh, turn it into a euphemism. There were times during that two or three year period that I really wanted to give up and quit. Yesterday, Herman and I were uh, walking. There's a park near our house, and sometimes we go for a walk just for exercise. And we were walking around this park, and it's a field. And we saw this group of kids. They were playing soccer, and there was, looks like a mom. She was coaching the soccer team. And this one little girl, she's maybe about nine, she kicks the soccer ball. And the ball doesn't go to the goal. It goes outside of the goal. And the little girl was just so frustrated. She plopped on the ground. And she was just throwing a little temper tantrum because she was upset that the goal, the ball didn't go in the goal. And her mother immediately said, get up. This is not a time to sit down. This is a time to get back in the game. Get up. And when I saw that, I said, this is what the Lord has been saying to me. This is what the Lord has been saying to me, and he said it to us in Joshua 1.9. He said it not just as a suggestion, but he said it as a command. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.
And what I liked about what that mother did, she ignored the temper tantrum. She immediately gave a command, get up, get back out there. And that's what the Lord said to me. Rhonda, get up, get back out there. The patients need you. The staff needs you. Get up and get back out there. I have equipped you. I have a plan. So right when I was ready to give up, just when I thought I could not manage the workload, you know, let me just let you know, I was working seven days a week. I was working until I got up at about five immediately to work, and I was working until 11, 12, 1 o'clock. Many days I only slept four hours. There was just so much work to do. I was exhausted. And you know, sometimes when you're at your wit's end and you're just about to give up, that's when the Lord gives you a nugget of encouragement. And that's exactly what the Lord did for me. Let me share this beautiful testimony. I was sitting at the dining room table and across from me was my daughter. And you will remember that a lot of the kids were doing um, Zoom learning. And she was on her laptop doing Zoom learning and I was on the other side doing some work with my laptop and I saw her kind of looking up and rolling her eyes, and she was bored. And I started thinking, I was like, wow, there's probably kids all over the country bored out of their minds with the Zoom learning. And then I looked on my computer, and there was a list of the thousands of patients that we had, and I noticed that only 64% of the patients in our clinic who had a diagnosis of high blood pressure had controlled blood pressure. Our target was 75 or more. And I said, oh my gosh, how are we going to take care of these patients with high blood pressure? I only have 50% of my nurses. My doctors are overwhelmed, low morale. What am I going to do? And then I saw it. And how did I see it? Because the Lord leveraged the superpower that he put in me. This is no kudos to me. This is kudos to the Lord, our Savior, our Sovereign One. What he did is he showed me that we can recruit students to come to the clinic, get them unboarded, background checked, fingerprinted, trained up, teach them how to check blood pressures, have them call the 868 patients who were failing our blood pressure metric, Teach those patients how to check their own blood pressure and write it down on a piece of paper. And then in two weeks, call them back and get that blood pressure log. And if it turned out that their blood pressures were truly elevated, get them connected to a provider who could manage them virtually. Do you know that we recruited 10 children? There's a picture of them there for you to see. Those are the students, some of the students that we recruited. And after six months of them calling 868 patients, we went from 64% to 80% controlled. The Lord 
gave me such a great gift. In the middle of us feeling like we were failing and failing and going backwards, the Lord showed us that if we come together and use our gifts for his goodness, that he will bless us. And that's why the third scripture that the Lord gave me really encouraged me. And I'll share it with you to encourage you. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And that's what the Lord did for me. You know, I didn't expect a blessing like this to come. I did not know that when we brought those students there, that the outcome would be that lives would be saved. All of our energy was towards COVID, and they helped us to save lives from the consequences of uncontrolled hypertension. The Lord bless my spirit. And so I say to you, don't give up taking care of that child. Go to that next appointment with that child. If you have a colicky baby like me and Herman had, our first child was colicky, and you've been up night after night with that baby crying and you have poor sleep, don't give up. A reward is coming. Don't give up. That stage will pass. This too shall pass. Just continue to do what you have been doing. And let me tell you one of the things that I've learned. The gift of delegation. The strategy of delegation. You know, the job was a big job. And I'm only one person. You taking care of your children caring for your parents, whatever your situation is. Maybe you have a diagnosis that you're taking care of for yourself. Going to all the appointments is just too much for you. Delegate. People are always asking, what can I do to help? Give them a task. You know what You know what would be very helpful? Is if you could um, do my shopping for me. If you could mow my lawn. You know what? If you could take the baby for one night so I can get a good night's sleep. Oh, so all... You're the only child who's taking care of your mom who's el elderly or sick. Get the other siblings, okay? You can do, you can clean the bathroom and you can find someone to take care of the electricity. Delegation. So this is how I'll end this. I started off in January of 2020 feeling like I wanted to retire. And I have to tell you, I still am really looking forward to retirement. But until such time as the Lord releases me from this state, I have been encouraged by these three scriptures. Number one, Esther. Maybe you're called for such a time as this. I was called for such a time as this to get my staff and all of our patients through this pandemic. What are you called for? What is your such a time as this? Number two, Joshua 1.9. It's a command. Be strong. Be courageous. God has equipped you. He's going to show you what your superpower is and how to leverage it to continue the race. And number three, Galatians 6.9. Keep on keeping on. Like it says in Ephesians, when you've done everything to stand, stand therefore, keep standing, get back out there.
Because if you don't give up, God has a nugget of encouragement waiting for you. A breakthrough is right around the corner. Help is right around the corner. And so I will end this uh, time with just one little reflection. Um, and it has to do with a lesson that I learned from my cat. You'll see the picture of uh, my cat there. Uh, we have two cats. And if you can tell, the picture's a little bit fuzzy. Um, we nickname him Barabbas because he's so mischievous. So that's Barabbas. And Barabbas is looking out the window. He's in our living room and he's looking out the window at our backyard. And what you see is Barabbas meowing, clawing at the window. Let me out. I want to get out. This is sort of what I've been saying to the Lord. Lord, I don't want to work full time. I want to work part time. Let me get out. Let me retire. And, and you know what Barabbas really was really egging Barabbas on? He saw the other cat. Nynx. Nynx is the black cat you might be able to see there. And Nynx was sitting there. Barabbas didn't understand this. Nynx was trying to get in. But all Barabbas could see is a minute ago, Nynx was there chasing the squirrels, climbing the trees. And oh, Barabbas was thinking, oh, I can't wait to get out there. I want to get out. He's clawing at the door. But me, as Barabbas's owner, knew that Barabbas did not want to go out there. He thought he wanted to go out there. I thought I want to retire. I don't know. I mean, I really feel like I want to retire. You think you don't want to have to continue to raise that child who's lost their way. You wish you could have relief. You wish that you weren't the one who is the sole caregiver of that elderly parent or aunt or uncle because you're exhausted. You think that. I think that I want to retire for sure. So you know what I did? I opened up the window and Nynx got a flood of cold air. You know, we're in sunny California, but anyone who lives here knows that in the morning it can get pretty cold. It can get down into the 30s. And what I knew about Barabbas is that he is sort of a thinner cat with thin um, fur and he hates the cold. But Barabbas couldn't see that. What I knew about Nynx, she's a, a fat cat. So she has that extra fat on there to give her some warmth. And she also has a very thick fur. So she loves being out in the cold. And that's what I would say to myself. And this is what the Lord showed me when I looked at Barabbas clawing and crying and complaining about getting out. That I think I want to retire. You think you may want to be in that relationship with that person. You think you might want that job. And then when God says no, you're upset with God or I'm upset with God. But I don't know what's on the other side. And so what I say to you is what the Lord showed me looking at our cat Barabbas. That God's ways, Scripture says that God's ways are so far above our ways, they're as far as the heavens are above the earth. So that he knows us. He knows how we were formed. He knows what's down the road. Just like he knew in January 2020, March 2020 was going to happen, and I couldn't see it, and I was complaining, and I was saying, why, Lord? And the Lord knew. 
And so these three scriptures and Barabbas taught me, trust God. Know that God knows what he's doing. Know that he has positioned you for such a time as this. And that if you just keep on keeping on, you will reap a reward of harvest. And you will have a testimony to share with everyone around you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this testimony. Thank you for the patience you've shown me. When I was raising my hands in disbelief and saying what I didn't think I was able to do, and yet you remain patient and understanding and loving, unconditional love for me. Thank you. Thank you for the nugget of encouragement. And I ask that you would be with everyone who's in the sound of my voice, that you will show them their superpower that you have created in them that they can leverage for your kingdom. Because I know you are putting your people in places. You are putting your people in places of influence, of places of power. Because you need to get all of your troops lined up and ready so that we can be an army of love. You are putting your people and places. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us and for calling us. Thank you for all the mothers that you have brought into our congregation. Thank you for all the mothers who are taking care of children. We ask that you would give them a very special day, a very special year, and encourage them with the fruits of their labor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.